getting caught up with other people's stories, you would get support from other people, you started putting your own stuff in, and that feeling of community. And it wasn't just a community, it definitely wasn't a community of people going, oh, woe is me, look at me, I can't drink, I must be a failure. It was a community of people going, I might be struggling here and there, but for the most part, more and more, I'm becoming alcohol-free. Welcome to Series 2 of the One Year No Beer Podcast. If you haven't hit subscribe yet, then hit that button so you don't miss another episode. Just before we get started with today's interview, I just want to quickly mention one thing that Jen and I do every day. We were so lucky to come across this brand listening to podcasts just like this. And we are so proud to be sponsored by Athletic Greens. Athletic Greens is literally one scoop of this all-round nutritional insurance, which is made up of no less than 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food source ingredients, including a multivitamin, multimineral, probiotic, green superfoods, scientifically researched and blended together to support and improve energy recovery, immunity, and digestion. It's so easy. You just get down in the morning, plop open that glass, pour in your athletic greens and pow, you are doing what you need in one scoop. If you want to join us, simply visit athleticgreens.com forward slash O-Y-N-B and join the health experts, athletes and health conscious go-getters around the world who are making a daily commitment to their health every day. Again, simply visit athleticgreens.com forward slash O-Y-N-B. Now don't forget the forward slash O-Y-N-B because this will entitle you to the special deal Athletic Greens have given out to our listeners. A year's supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs will take with you on the go. Once again, athleticgreens.com. Don't forget, O-Y-N-B. Now let's get started with the podcast. Welcome to another episode of the One Year No Beer podcast. I am your co-host. Um, the other co-host is not here today. Um, I am your co-host, Ruri Fairbairns. This series is all about stories of transformation. We are interviewing the heroes of One Year No Beer. That's you. You guys. Uh, and it's your incredible stories of how just something so simple as changing your relationship with alcohol has totally transformed your lives. Today, I am joined by one of our OYMB members, Matt McCormick. Matt has been a member for many years and um, has been around for a long time and is now an integral part of OYMB, but I'm not going to give all that away. We're going to hear from the man himself. Matt, welcome to the show. Thanks very much. It's, it's a pleasure being here. I don't like um, having my audio shown up by my guests, but you have <laughs> you have you have a proper setup there, don't you? Why do you have such a good setup? I love sound. I love music. Um, I've got a, a a hobby, a passion, whatever you want to call it, for recording as well. And it's just one of those things that's built up over the years. So. Because for those of you who are not looking at the YouTube channel or um, um, checking out the video here, there's a there's a there's a an array of instrumentation in your um, in your in your image. Um, so, what, tell us a bit more about that. Um, your your music. I, for as long as I can remember, have been into music. Whether it be at school doing wee bands, singing in front of the class with pals or anything like that. Through the teens, early twenties, in bands, especially around Glasgow, west of Scotland. Um, What's your instrument? Oh, everything. But um, I ended up, for one reason or another, I ended up lead singer. But of instrument, oh. it was um, mostly a acoustic guitar and electric guitar. I love the bass. Um, which is why one's over there. I finally mm. bought one. Um, 
And also what you can't see in this image is all the synthesizers around the, the room as well. So I love electronic music as well. So recording, um, even up to putting out CDs about six or seven years ago. Nowadays, um, I actually am doing it more to do with meditation. Mm. So recording meditation with uh, friends and what have you and putting that out as well. So that's the main You're thing. doing meditations? Yeah. I mean, Matt, you have the voice for it. It's like, it's like, it's like, it's just like <clears throat> silky, smooth. It helps when you pay the money for the microphone. <laughs> no, no. Gently nuzzled off to sleep with these 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 beautiful tones, Matt. Um, you know, on Insight Timer, you can now register to be a um, a provider of content. You just go up onto Insight Timer and um, you really? register, and you can put your meditations up there. And I mean, there's 32 million meditators on Insight Timer. It's the largest uh-huh. community of meditators up there. So I might give that a go. There you go. I want commission. So um, <laughs> I wonder if you other people listening, writing that down, there's amazing platforms out there in the world to get to get um, your passion out to the world. So yeah. Matt, um, and uh, tell us a bit story about your background and alcohol in your life at a young age and how, how set the scene for us. Right. So um, currently 57, uh, work in IT. I've been working in IT for about 30 years. Um, before that, well, before that, basically teenager, early 20s and what have you, probably late teens getting into bands more and more alcohol. It was just part of the thing you did. Um, and then when I got into IT, um, especially in the late 80s, early 90s, if you're involved in projects or anything, it would just be like you finished the day there would be drink it would just be part of the habit um if you were going out with clients or anything like that going out during the for projects project talks with people there would be drinks involved at some point drinks over lunch which sometimes frowned upon but not often um and then there was another part when i especially at the early time when i i did i was a, i was doing training connected with the computing with the applications we were doing as well and you would frequently be like a three-day residential course you were taking. So you would be doing things with the the clients as well so that it was all the time. You know, you were on duty 24 hours. Drinks would be part of that, but also drinks would be the switching off part as well. Yeah. You know, so there was lots of that. That so went on, that's gone on for years. It's not that anymore. I'm currently working in a university. I've been there a good number of years now. And I've worked up to, I'm now head of corporate applications, which is basically we look after, within the university, we look after the corporate kind of applications, the bigger ones, you know, like finance, HR, student records, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And I, I run the team that looks after that. Um, when I got the job, and it was always the job that I wanted, you know, I wanted to be in management. Maybe it's because I started in management consultancy or something, I don't know. But I wanted to be in management because I wanted to make some kind of change. And I finally got the opportunity to do the job about six or seven years ago. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And it was a wee bit after that. And maybe that's when, so I'd be, what, mid to late 40s when I was thinking this way. Mm-hmm. And I suppose that's when, for me, that was sort of the start of starting to think, what more can I do in my life? Yeah. And so I managed to, one way or another, I managed to get this job. Um, delighted with it. Relatively inexperienced in doing the managing stuff, but I, I know I was getting there. I was going along, but I thought there has to be more. And about a year or so into it, so that would now be about four and a half, five years ago, um, I tried giving up alcohol many many times like many people have right um and i'm trying to stop it trying trying not to drink trying to cut down coming up with all these strange rules for myself you know you can drink at the weekend or only drink one drink or 
don't drink if you're alone or only drink when you're, you know, you think of the combination, I've tried it and it just wasn't working. And I swear to God, I was sitting in this room over there. There's, an, there's another desk over there. At the time, it had more sense on it. Um, and it was, uh, I think, a Saturday morning. And I was sitting, and one end of the desk was the remains of a bottle of whiskey. Probably maybe about that, um, if you're not watching, then maybe about a couple of glasses left in the bottle from the Friday night. I like that you think that that is a couple of glasses. <laughs> <laughs> it was a litre bottle. That's a large, yeah, that's a large, that's a large whiskey. <laughs> I'm being nice. Um, but, and and in my other hand, I had uh, a glass of um, Cocodamol, you know, to take away the hangover. Mm. I was flicking through the BBC website and there was an article about one year no beer and I started reading it. And the phrase, and, and I, I use this when I'm talking to other people about it, the phrase that really struck home, I'll probably get it wrong, so I'm paraphrasing, I suppose, was just, what more can you do with your life if you're alcohol-free? Mm -hmm. And it wasn't stop or alcohol was bad for you or anything like that. It was just, what more can you do with your life? And that sort of struck a, a, a resonant note with me. It resonated with me. That's what I'm yeah. trying to say. It resonated with me big time. And by the end of the day, I'd signed up for one year no beer. And for me, I know I'm quite lucky in this. <clears throat> Excuse me. I know I'm quite lucky in this. That was it. Didn't drink again. Amazing. It literally was. And I think that, and we might talk about this later on, but it's that finding that answer, you know, yeah. finding the thing that resonates with you, the reason to do something. And it just did that. And the that's, why. that's, yeah, that's when it all, all started. And I like to think of it that way. It wasn't that I stopped drinking. And that's what I liked about when you know beer, especially then is it wasn't about stopping. It was all about starting. Yeah. And that made sense exactly. to me. Yeah. Nothing to give up and everything to gain. Yeah. Um, absolutely everything. You know, um, I don't know if you can cast your mind back and, um, you know, you look, it sounded like you had a normal relationship with alcohol. Normal. I mean, yeah. the, the, you were, you were doing entertaining. It was a part of work. There was, there was, there was this, it was, it was prevalent in your life, mm -hmm. but I mean, what's wrong with that? Right. There's lots of people out there who are going through. So, so what was creating, what was going on for you that was creating this want to, to, to change your relationship with alcohol? What was some of the outcomes? Why were you trying to do it? I was, I was a middle-aged Glaswegian struggling with health putting more and more weight on and that had been growing for years I had stopped doing things I'd I was coming in at night and I'd probably be working and if someone said to me oh we've got, we've got a big push on and we've got to do a bit of work and I thought to myself I've got to work tonight what's the first thing do I make sure that dinner's in, out the way or something like that no my first thing was get a few beers in or get a bottle of whiskey I'm working tonight um, and when I wasn't doing that I was realising that my relaxation was get a few beers in or get a bottle of whiskey mm, yeah. um, or wine you know I varied them kind of cosmopolitan kind of <laughs> and I realised at one point I was surrounded by musical instruments I was sitting watching YouTube and I've got nothing against YouTube I still watch YouTube but I was watching all these videos on being a musician and I realized that's what I was doing I was watching other people being musicians I was watching other people doing rec making recordings and I wasn't doing it anymore mm. and that that's sort of was getting to me a wee yeah. bit because I like to think of myself as quite creative and I just wasn't creating anymore so it was stopping me being me yeah it's like can I be more yeah is, is there more for me out there? Uh, I exactly. think so many people feel that. Uh, Most people probably feel that at times. Um, 
and 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 you had linked it into you had linked it into alcohol so you were kind of going down this road of 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 trying and then there was a there was a sort of lightning strike when when OIMB came along um yeah. so it, the part that I you I heard you say that the part resonated with you was this you know why the you could be more yeah. but what do you think what do you, what uh, what do you think else was different about all the times that you tried before um and then this time where it was just right that's it i'm i'm it know. meant something um it meant something to me that was that was the biggie also when i tried before and i've never been to aa right no considered it but i'd never been to aa didn't think that it was me i'm not I never was an alcoholic may have drank drank i may have drank a lot but never alcoholic so but there was still this thing that if you couldn't handle your drink and even then i'm saying it myself if you wanted to stop drinking it was because you couldn't handle your drink if yeah. you couldn't handle your drink you're a failure yeah. there's something up with you yeah. or, you're not a man you're not a yeah. woman what's wrong with you yeah oh, yeah and so there definitely was a not scottish Definitely not Scottish. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that must be the English blood in you. <laughs> and the Romans. So um, there was that going on. And there was also the feeling that you were doing it yourself. Um, all my friends drank. One of my, um, like I said, when it came to bands, when I used to be in bands, still dabble a wee bit, but when I used to be in bands, obviously, I can remember when we arranged we arranged rehearsals for a Friday night at six o'clock in the centre of Glasgow and a studio close to Charing Cross. Um, so that we finished rehearsals at nine, packed away our gear and went into the, the town. Yeah. For a Friday night. Great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then that was even though we were doing that, it was still arranged around drinking. Of course. Of course, it's all, it's every occasion, isn't it? Uh, so at that point, if I gave up drinking, and there is that phrase again, giving something up. If I gave up drinking, I was giving it up by myself. With one year no beer, and I genuinely don't mean this as a sales pitch or anything like that, but there was an instant, and especially in those days, I think the challengers group was maybe about 3,000 people in it, which might seem a lot, but to what it might have, what I think it's become. There's a lot more in it now. But at that point, there was, you know, you, you knew a lot of people, you know? Um, and that just, I'm not one for typing stuff into a group or something like that, but I found myself more and more getting caught up with other people's stories. You'd get support from other people. You started putting your own stuff in. And that feeling of community, and it wasn't just a community, it definitely wasn't a community of people going, oh, woe is me, look at me, I can't drink, I must be a failure. It was a community of people going, right, I'm alcohol-free, there might be the odd blip, I might be struggling here and there, but for the most part, more and more, I'm becoming alcohol-free. Um, and look what I'm doing, you know? And you would have people going from marathons, ultra-marathons, I'm not big enough, I've, I've I go to the gym a lot now, but I'm not into ultramarathons. I never will be sort of that kind of person. <laughs> but there was there was amazing challenges. Like one chap who, for a challenge, took up learning Russian. You know, um, myself, yeah. my the, the challenge I took oh. on that year was to sing in an open mic because I'd never sung completely solo. I'd always had a band. And also... What did you sing? Well, I, I ended up not doing it. I ended up being offered a support slot at a friend's gig. Awesome. And so I sang a few, few moaned things and a few cover versions as well. Um, but by myself without a band. And the other thing for that is it still was physical because one of the things, going back slightly, one of the things was I... I Love cycling. Used to cycle a lot. Mm. Um, did the Glasgow Edinburgh run a few times. That was that was great fun. Um, but I then did one down Galloway Way one year, 
Um, and I was five miles away from the end. And it was almost like a 30 mile one, you know? I used to do that for commuting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, it was quite hilly. It was a very warm day, but I hadn't realized before that that I had asthma. And it was something that was growing and growing in me. Mm. Um, and I ha ended up having to stop and the the sweeper car came along and I had to be driven the last five miles. Wow. And that was one of the things I suddenly went, no, that's, I can see my health being affected as well. Yeah. So the challenge that I gave myself with the open mic, because to sing properly, especially with a band that's covering up all your mistakes, you need to learn to sing. You need to be singing properly. You need to breathe properly. So I had to take on doing exercises and improve my breathing again so that I could actually hold a note again. Mm. You know, so there was a, a physical challenge there as well, but it was one that suited me a great deal. And like I said, I ended up, instead of it being an open mic night, I ended up getting offered a, a, an opening support slot when one of my um, pals was doing a gig. Yeah, brilliant. So, um, yeah, so uh, you've gone into the challenge um, and, uh, you know, community was that bit that, you didn't realize you wanted or i mean yeah. nobody would right we were like hey we're, we're it's communities i think people would be like a lot of people would be like well that's not what i'm looking for but then you realize just how impactful that is you know yeah. subconsciously it's there or consciously then the community is a huge part as you were going through this journey um what things started to change for you and how quickly did these changes start to come around there was a few things and uh, i think a few things it wasn't like, oh, there's one you know beer, my life is changing. There was, there's one you know beer, I've stopped drinking, or I've become alcohol-free. Um, but I'd been looking to start it, but that gave the bedrock for the changes to actually happen. Um, I started calming down a lot. You don't notice anxiety stopping, but I had been really anxious about something. But... You waking up one day and you realise you're not anxious, you know, in a situation when you thought, oh, normally I am. And that's kind of what happened to me bit by bit. That anxiety started to disappear. I started getting into, because I think, uh, I can remember yourself putting a video and saying that you'd been really, you were really pleased because you'd done some meditating um, for about 45 minutes in the garden. Um, and I started getting into mindfulness and mindfulness meditations and that started giving me a bit of a buffer and there was mm. things at meetings when certain things were happening and I realized I wasn't rising to it you know I was a lot calmer especially now in that job as as a manager you know you can't just go what what, what are you saying come on, come on tell it <laughs> you have to pause that wee bit yeah and um that started happening. And they're just wee things that that were changing. And it built and it built and it built. And I can remember towards about halfway through that year, so it would be around about the six months or something like that, maybe a wee bit longer than that. Um, and I'd always said, I'm doing that, I'm doing that one year and there'll be a challenge, you know. Because especially around about that time, there was challenges for everything. Yeah. And when people say, are you drinking it? My way of coping with it is I would just say, yeah, I'm doing that one, you know, be a challenge thing, you know? And I'm like, all right. And I would kind of play upon the fact that... It's the greatest of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Huh? What do you mean you don't know? Everybody knows it. Yeah. So that helped <laughs> me, but... but like I said, about six months, nine months into it, I suddenly, somebody went and said about drinking and without even realising it, I just said, oh, I don't drink. Yeah. Amazing, isn't it? Uh-huh. It's a really powerful moment. Um, because I, I see that happen for a lot of people in the community and um, they realise that suddenly that I've made this shift now yeah. um, that I don't drink and that being the identity. It's interesting because, you know, we know the science behind that as well, right? Maybe takes a thousand times more brain power than yes or no. Um, and having that definite, um, because when it's in yes or no, it's locked into identity parts. It's, um, you know, it's, it becomes a core part. So it's like, do you want to drink? No, I don't drink. Right. But if you're like maybe, or anything in between, 
it's so easy for you to be um, broken or to have it tested yeah. um, because uh, then they can put the, the, the pressure on. Definitely. Did you already know that this was going to be forever? Is it forever for you? Is that what you're like of you now? I it- am... I am famous for saying that it's not forever. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're going to be famous for something. (laughs) Well, it may be infamous. (laughs) Infamous. Um, I I don't believe in saying that I'll never drink again. Yeah. Um, Because I don't know what will happen. Yeah. Right. And if I say that, then I'm carrying around a really heavy millstone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you only need to fail once. You only need to have one drink to fail completely. Whereas if you're doing it one day at a time, you've got a win every single day. Yeah. You know, and that's how I view it. So I'm not at a stage, I'm now at a stage where I wake up in the morning and I'm not going, today I won't drink. It's just not something that occurs to me. Did you know that we offer loads more support? Yes, I'm talking about time with coaches, Zooms, meeting other people, locking eye to eye, meeting awesome OIMBers who are on the same inspiring journey as you. All of those things are available in AFM. We created AFM as a close, small community that is really there to help people master changing the relationship with alcohol. So if you're looking for a little bit more support, you want to meet more OYMBers, or you just want to take your alcohol-free journey to the next level, then check out oneyearnobeer.com forward slash AFM. And if you put in the discount code PODCAST10, capital letters, PODCAST10, we'll get you 10% discount off joining AFM. Yeah, how long has it been? About uh, nearly five and a half, or four and a half years. Amazing. It's brilliant. Love it. Um, And also I resonate with that, like the not, never again. Um, I think that's the big thing, isn't it? I think some people choose to carry on alcohol-free. Some people choose to carry on with a reduced level of alcohol. But the key thing is to put it into a place that you feel completely comfortable with and that it just doesn't take up brain space anymore, however however that is. Um, I've made that decision. And you do have um, times when there's there's triggers. And even now, it doesn't happen that often, but there's, there's wee things that will trigger you. Um, I can even remember sitting in um, as a bar restaurant called Oranmore yeah. in Glasgow. I know. Well, all the islanders go there. Yes. Well, I'm not surprised because uh, somebody, <laughs> the, the, the malts are there. Um, somebody was sitting next to me. It was a very crowded night. I tell you what, it was uh, Halloween. Rocky Horror was on next door. We were waiting for it to open to go up to for the sing-along. Um, and there was a, a chap sitting next to me with, with his girlfriend and she, he was trying to impress her with his knowledge of malts and he just got a malt. I'm sitting drinking a whiskey, not a whiskey, no, definitely not. I'm sitting drinking a, a glass of water waiting for us to go. And it was one of these malts that were really strong. You know, the smell was really strong. Yeah. And I so swear that when I took a drink of water, I tasted a very watered down malt. And that sort of fired in my head. Oh, you know, and it's, it shows you how smell and, and taste connects. And I thought, oh, that, that's really nice. But there was also a wee voice in my head and a very Glaswegian voice in my head going, I write, you know, and it was gone. The thought was gone. And it's more the subconscious is now handling it for me. It's not something that I have to consciously deal with. Yeah, brilliant. So powerful. And um, so you were going through this journey um, from alcohol-free, and then at some point you decided to take on the mastermind. Is that right? Yep. What was going on then? Um, Well, it's like I went and said, being alcohol-free was about what more can I do with my life? Yeah. You know, it wasn't a goal in itself. It was what more can I do? The mastermind came up. I'm, I'm not too sure how many of them had run by that point, but it was close to the early ones I'm I'm pretty sure (laughs) I imagine so four and a half years ago yeah (laughs) and uh, it was coming up for I remember about the second or third week into it I hit 90 days I remember that Mm. Um, 
And that was talking more, I think that's where I really started finding more, more about mindfulness and it was talking about goals and, and what have you. And it got me thinking more and more about what I was wanting to do. Now, it, I did not suddenly get an answer at that point. You know, there was not something in my head that went, oh, you need to do this. That's the, the way ahead is clear. But what it gave me is it what, what it started was a lot of questions or ways of questioning things that helped me move forward. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that's the kind of thing that it did. You know, I can't remember all the things that were in that particular course, especially as it went a bit longer because it was over Christmas and then started going to every second week. And well, often said at the time, it was the, the mastermind that never ended. You know, <laughs> it just keep, seemed to keep going and, and new things were thrown in. It was a bit of a an experiment. To work <laughs> it's come along a lot since then. It's come yes. on a lot since then. But I think the, the, the thing I was thinking about earlier and reflecting on is, you know, like there's nothing to give up and there's everything to gain. The, the, the reason why this program exists is that most people think changing a relationship with alcohol is abstinence and willpower and doing it on your own and giving up stuff and all of that. And actually it's not that at all. It's learning a whole bunch of new habits, applying lots of habits, new teams, gaining a community, gaining so much insight, learning about yourself, changing, changing things about yourself and your life. And the really powerful thing about mastermind is that this is a time to reflect now that you've removed the thing that was numbing your, your life removed that is time to reflect on who you are, who you want to be, what do you want to achieve, et cetera. And I just love talking to people, especially when they did a mastermind a long time ago, and then they had a major, a major shift. And so we see people now who are like in different jobs, in different careers, um, or totally changed areas of their life yeah. after the mastermind helped them reflect. So it's, it's such a good time to, um, to evaluate your life. Definitely. Definitely. And it's something that I did and started looking at different things, um, the relationship that my wife and myself have, because that was, it wasn't a bad relationship, it was a very good relationship. But I started seeing people who were my age, um, who'd been in marriages the same length of time, and their kids were starting to grow up. Now, Luke, my son, he only just turned 18, so he was still young. But I started seeing as their kids were starting to grow up, and it was the old cliché that they had stopped knowing each other. So one of the things from the mastermind that came out with me was to make sure that Sharon and myself still developed the relationship between us so that we still knew each other. Completely. And that has become stronger and stronger. And we mm. love doing the wee adventures now, you know, that so that, yeah, Luke is growing up and he is going to leave home at some point, you know. We've now grown, and it's still grown, but we've now grown a relationship that suits us in our 50s. And I don't mean sitting watching the TV all the time. There's a bit of that, but we also go out and do different things, you know? We just look at the world that bit different. Fantastic. Absolutely love it. Um, and so going through all this journey, um, um, when did you decide that you were going to become a one-year no-beer coach? Uh, how, how did that whole journey unfold? Um, I think during the mastermind, there was a wee coaching sampler and that was quite good. But I think it was the more I looked at it, the more I started getting into some things because the mastermind, especially and a lot of one, you know, beer, there is the coaching stuff, the traditional coaching stuff in it, but there was a lot of positive psychology. There was NLP, these kind of things. And I just started getting interested in it. You know, you spend 30 years for the most part reading technical textbooks and suddenly this is something that's very different that you can see that, well, one of the reasons I got into managing IT was because I wanted to make a difference and I wanted to help people. And suddenly here's this thing that allows you to help people without building a computer application, you know? Um, and I just get interested in it for my own sake. Um, I, I think that finished in the... Yeah, that must that mastermind must have finished in the January or something. 
And I started getting curious. So I looked around and did a, a course, another course in coaching. Um, it was just a wee introductory thing. That was with Newcastle College. And that got me interested in the things that I learned there and from another course that I then did a bit later on, which people from within, I don't think it was officially One Year No Beer, but it was people connected with One Year No Beer. So I organised that that was with James Martin, not the cook um, or the chef, but the, a <laughs> really good coach from over in, in Ireland. And he, he was fantastic. And I started using those techniques as part of um, being a manager, being a people manager. And so I suppose there was that growth, first of all, of me becoming alcohol free, starting to learn a bit about myself, being able to be more active and so on, like we described. That leading on to an interest in coaching, that coaching then becoming something that I could use as part of the job as well. And I started, I felt being better at managing being not just managing old time or something like that, but managing people and getting the team to work a bit smoother because those those coaching techniques were something that I could use. And from that, um, I got the chance to help with one of the early versions of Alcohol Free Me. Um, and myself and Gary, I think it was at the time, um, were ho hosting the odd Zoom, I think it was, to help out. Um, kind of like the Inspirers do nowadays, although they don't host Zooms as such, but, you know, going on and just saying, I'm a member, this is what I've been through, and joining in with the journey. Um, and just over, that'll be about two and a half years now. Yeah, <laughs> time starts flying. Amazing, isn't it? Absolutely amazing. And that's just built up and taking on more studying and what have you doing more regular Zooms, it becoming rather an Inspirers thing, it becoming more of a, a coaching thing, a proper coaching thing, and to to where it is just now. So, um, and I love that journey because that's what we want so many more people, you know, going through the Inspirers piece, it having an impact in your work and everything else. I mean, coaching is such a fantastic thing to learn because yeah. you apply it everywhere, right? As a parent, as a friend, um, um, as a career, uh, in business, you know, learning. You know but, you're using it quite a lot when your wife turns around to you and says, stop coaching me. <laughs> <laughs> that better not be one of those coaching techniques you're using. On <laughs> yeah, she recognises them, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, Jen and I can't use that stuff on each other whatsoever. Um, I'm like, tell me how you feel. <laughs> Bosh. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, no, it's amazing. And um, it's also really this whole journey is such an incredible journey. Um, and it is a journey. It's a journey of changing a relationship with alcohol. And ultimately there are reasons why alcohol is more prevalent in our lives. Um, certainly for me, you know, I was unhappy. I was working in a windowless office in London as an oil broker, which is a job that I really didn't feel for me that contributed to the benefit of the planet or didn't help people. And I'd, I'd always had this yearning inside that it was, I was here to help people. Um, I knew that that was what I was good at and that's what I could do. And so it started with the, well, for me, it started with meditation and then it led on to changing my relationship with alcohol because I realized that this needed to change. And then all of this was sort of born out from that. Yeah. And I think that's, this is what we're trying to create more of is giving people that vehicle that they can grow with as they go through this transformation in their life, all the way through to the platform like you, like not everybody who signs up to one year, no beer is going to become a coach or become an OMB coach. Uh -huh. But um, I think that everyone can do a bit in inspiring other people, whether that's talking to people or showing up in their community or, you know, who wants to. Right. And I think yeah. that that's the vehicle we need to create more of. And you are absolutely um, a shining star of that. Ota. What do, you, what do you think um, is some of the key challenges that you see often? Um, and um, how do you have overcome those challenges with people? I think that's what's a good question. <laughs> I think that the confidence to keep going and realizing how you can take up, uh, remove the obstacles from your way. 
I think helping people to build that resilience and build some kind of momentum, but also helping them to move on from the whole white knuckling thing. And I must not drink, I must not drink to help developing the habits and then making, helping them to realize that it's not just the habits that beyond that becomes values. And when you're there, that's, that's where the superpower is. But more than anything else, I think, and the guys in the, the FM um, huddles will, will have heard me say this so many times, especially recently, is developing that awareness. For me, knowing more of how you feel, both emotionally and physically, and how things affect you. So that if you have a drink, well, what's that actually doing to you? If someone says something to you, how are you feeling about that? You know, all these wee things, even if you if you have a takeaway in junk food, what's that doing to you? You might have felt good emotionally, but what do you feel like afterwards? And I'm not saying we should all sit there analysing every second of the day, but in building your awareness, like through mindfulness or something, a uh, process like that, it becomes an automatic thing. And as time goes on, you start realising these things without consciously making an effort, you know? Um, you start realising that if you do have a drink, you're going to feel a bit crap. You're, you know, that your ability to say no to the second drink might not be as strong as you think it is. Um, right down to the next day. I, I love I love when people are celebrating um, waking waking wakening up without a hangover you know or they get to the, I especially love people getting their first week and getting especially the eighth day they've been through it they've been through okay. a week and all the patterns that might have come with that yes there's other patterns there's other challenges like birthday parties and weddings and what have you but getting that through that weekend routine well that, yeah. that, that week routine once you break <clears throat> that it's like such a big momentum uh, yeah. yeah but equally you see um around about 21 days and it's it's incredible how consistent this is around about the 21 to 28 days some people push on to 28 days sometimes it goes a wee bit further but then it falls away you know and people feel really bad about that and again it comes down to the awareness that and talking to a lot of people over the last few years, it seems to be that that initial excitement dies away, you know? And if you know that initial excitement's going to die away, then looking for other things that will excite you, that will take you further on that alcohol-free journey, starting to go, okay, so I've had that, I've gone through this three weeks, uh, I realise that, okay, towards the end of the month, I'm feeling a bit skint, so there might be a trigger there. Then it gets to payday. There might be a trigger there. You know, I've had a wee bit more experience. I've gone through that. Now I'm like, oh yeah, I've done that, you know. And you get people and it's quite common to go, I, I'm, I'm top of the world. I, I can cope with this now. I'll just have the one drink and that's it. But getting through that initial part and then starting to go, right, there's going to be a wee bit of a dip. So I'm going to do something a wee bit different. That's going to reignite that excitement. And it can be something small. You know, it can be treating yourself, a massage, a cake, going out for a walk with friends, you know, whatever. And there's some incredible treats that are come up. Some one of the, the members has a a random treat jar, you know, um at the start of the, the our journey. She went and put all these different kinds of treats into a jar and when it gets to the end of a week, she lifts one out randomly and that's the treat she's gonna have. Oh, I love it. That's a great uh, idea. Yeah, and there's so like many folded up bits of paper with uh, you know, <laughs> an activity or a thing or yeah, that's, that's such a good idea. Ah, uh, and there's so many really creative ideas comes yeah. out of the, the membership themselves, you know? And I think that I think that's as much of the the thing that excites me as anything that the coaches are doing. Yeah. Now, although the coaches are brilliant. But but the, that sort of support and ideas and creativity that comes out of the membership is absolutely fantastic. And yeah. that, especially in the area of working in AFM, alcohol-free me, I think you see that a lot more focused because it is that smaller group 
and it's just brilliant. Yes. Um, so, of course, Alcohol Free Me, you know, it's a pretty unique space. Um, and um, we always wanted to create uh, a, a program which would enable the best coaching out there, right? You know, our, our, our coaches are highly trained. Um, and, um, you know, I we would absolutely say the best in the industry because I think there's many people who say, well, if you've done X number of days and you qualify as a coach and it's like there's no real you know, legislation of a coaching and we put a pretty high bar, you know, it's nine months of training and um, at a minimum, or et cetera, right. To get your diploma as a minimum. And, um, and so the bar is very high, but then the coaching is to- absolutely top quality. You have a small community of people and a group. And then most important is the connection. But what we looked at in it was, you know, trying to break this back down the other way was what's missing from from people you know we see these resets and we know the volume of resetting and it's too high today it's still too high and this is something that we're really focused on is how do we help reduce that because you know reset is we don't want people resetting right we want them to be successful and 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 going for it and so um we looked at all those things what's missing connection what's missing um well there's certain you know better habits so many people say oh you know i'm doing the foundational stuff and you're like ask four questions and you know they're not right you know they're 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 not focused on their sleep or um they're leaving all the stuff around the house or they haven't talked to anyone in their you know their partnership yet so that that person is you know so there's all these like foundational things it's like well hang on you're 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 getting stuck here in a loop reaffirming that you're someone who's never going to get this right which is just the wrong way we need to see this when you haven't done the absolute basics and it's more of that sort of hand-holding space but apart from my waffle um what do you think is the magic source of afm why is it so successful at helping people um change their relationship with alcohol you You've said a lot of it already, to be perfectly honest. I stole all your lines <laughs> <laughs> and then threw you out under the bus. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll still waffle, don't worry. Um, but that the membership and the unconditional support, I think it is massive. And I'll go back again to the importance of awareness because sometimes you miss it. Some of the things you've described are caused by people just not being aware they'll think they've gone through the the emails, they've ticked it off, or I've done, I've done my day of writing about my whys. And then they'll come on to AFM or something like that, and you get that chance to actually talk it through. Quite often with the other members, you know, the, the Zoom huddles are not just like, okay, member number one, let's talk about you, member number... I mean, there's a, there's, you do try to talk to people as much as possible, but I know myself, we'll have conversations with different members coming in and there'll be advice and there's chats constantly going with people going, yeah, I've done that. Have you tried this? Have you read that book? Have you, you know? And it's that, that I think that that helps a great deal, that it's it's a constantly active, I'll say forum, I don't mean the forum of typing in, I mean the forum of the, the AFM itself. Yeah, the whole you know, thing. it's a constantly active forum. I mean, there's a lot of lot of uh, zooms and videos and what have you as well. But the people being active and the ones who are most active are the ones who there might be blips, and then one day, and again, I'll go back to it. I've been involved for over two years now, and you see it. And some people will go, you know, they've tried and they've tried and they've tried. And it doesn't matter. Some people will be three, some people will be 300, you know, attempts, whatever. It, the number isn't there. It's not a magical number. I know there is something, there's um, some theory about you do something so many times and it starts working. This is different. Doesn't work that way. There's too many things that can go wrong um, or trip you up. But at some point, it seems to happen, and people just seem to say, a bit like me when I read that phrase, you know, what can you do with your life if you were alcohol-free? Something just seems to click. And when that happens, they'll go, um, oh, I'm, I'm one day, I'm five days, I'm six days. And somehow, they're suddenly 60 days. 
you know, and even I don't notice, even we don't notice it as the coaches, they're just suddenly, they're there and they're talking to us regularly, but suddenly they've gone from 10 days to they're like 60 days and you're like, how did that happen? How did 60 days disappear for a start, you know? And it's that, it just seems to happen. It just seems to build up. And I'm not saying it's like perfect, but this continues and then it might be 60 days, there might be a blip, but the next time they're like, I'm not, I'm not letting go and they're learning from those 60 days. And it's a constant evolution, you know. And of course, there's the progression of if you have, just because you might have had a drink, if you have been alcohol-free for 20 days out of the month, that's 20 days out of the month, that's 60% of that month you've been alcohol-free. Next month, try for 65%, you know, and that constant evolution. Totally. And it's great. And, and positive, positive steps. Yeah. Each one, every day's a win. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, awesome. Um, it's been amazing having you on. Before we finish up, um, what one thing would you say to somebody who's thinking about changing their relationship with alcohol? For a start, do it. <laughs> but look at the positives. You, you're, not, you're not giving anything up. You're gaining yeah. spot on Matt it's been an absolute pleasure you are a star um, if you want to hear more of Matt then he's in AFM every week and um, of course Matt is also one of our coaches an incredible story of transformation um, again you know like Gary's story seeing somebody go from being a member to then you know passionately wanting to give back volunteering his time um, moderating supporting people being an inspirer Right, that's hours and hours of Matt's time giving back because of this incredible life change, and all the way through to becoming a coach um, and um, now building his own lifestyle business around uh, being an OIMB coach. It's just such a great story of full, full story, full circle. That's the one. Yeah, Matt, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the One Year No Beer podcast, where our mission is to share and tell the stories of the everyday heroes who are taking the steps to make a meaningful impact by changing their relationship with alcohol. If you want to join our community and find out more about the variety of benefits that you can enjoy by becoming part of our 80,000 plus members within our alcohol-free movement, then click the link in the show notes below.